Hello, welcome to the Health of Hashimoto's podcast. This is where you, exhausted, fatigued, weary, will find a true, simple, and sustainable path to whole health. I'm Esther. I help women and men with Hashimoto's discover true, simple, and sustainable things to do. And when I talk about whole health, I'm talking about everything. Because you are not just a body. You are totally fatigued physically but you're not just a body. So when you talk about whole health, that's body, mind, spirit, diet, environment. And when you are weary, you're tired in all of those areas, or you can be. And when you're working on whole health, you're trying to get each one of those areas up. And you don't have to get one up all at once. You don't have to have one up at 100% because even if one, let's say, let's say your spiritual health is at 100%, that doesn't mean that overall you are going to feel whole and wholly healthy. It means that your spiritual health is up. We want you to have abundant health in all of the areas. Your diet You know, what do you want in your diet? When you open your kitchen cupboards, when you open your fridge, do you want to want the salad? Do you want to eat healthier? Do you actually eat healthier? Are you living in line with what you want? That's part of your emotional health and your spiritual health is living in line with how you want to live. Well, today we're talking about clutter. And one of the things about clutter is I am not an expert in this. Well, maybe I am an expert in having a cluttered house. I'm not going to be, you know, on hoarders anytime soon, but I also will not be in a magazine spread unless it's a magazine right now for how to clean up your clutter. But I know that clutter is very stressful. And we talk about stress a lot on this podcast because you know that it impacts your overall health. On this podcast, we also talk about Hashimoto's and your immune system. Stress is a trigger for Hashimoto's. Stress is a trigger for autoimmune problems. When you are encountering stress, typically we think fight or flight. That's what I was taught in elementary school, in high school, in nursing school. Well, now we know that it's not just fight and flight. There's fight, flight, and freeze. And now there's a fourth category that they've recognized, which is fawn. So freeze is pretty self-explanatory. Like you freeze, you just shut down. Fawn is more like, I think of it as like Stockholm syndrome, where you are fawning over the person who is causing all of the stress or who is causing the trauma. Now with clutter, we're not going to fawn over it, but with clutter, you might freeze. Like when I look around my cluttered house, I just, I have no idea where to start. I just shut down. And then when I shut down, the stress is still there. The clutter is still there. I feel horrible about it and I can't do anything. Like it should be easy. Just walk over to that pile and pick up that pile of laundry, pick up that pile of books and put it somewhere. Well, all of my books, all of my bookshelves are full. I have so many bookshelves in this house. We love to read. There's six of us and all of us love stories. You probably love stories too. I think all humans love stories, whether it's reading a book or listening or watching a movie, we're built for stories. So I have so many books and clutter is something that stresses me out. But I never really recognized that clutter is a stressor. Like I just thought, 
I'm messy and I kind of had shame about that. So guilt is feeling bad about something that you did. Shame is feeling bad about who you are. And I have shame about clutter. I just felt like I am a messy person and I can't get my act together. That stresses me out. I don't know about you. So I asked one of my friends, Emily McDermott, to come on the podcast and help us out with that because when we are under stress, it increases our cortisol hormone. That's our stress hormone. It puts the brakes on our um, thyroid. So you've heard in episode three, I talked about what all of the thyroid labs mean. We talked about that reverse T3. It's the brake system. It's your body saying, whoa, stop, slow down. We're not going to do anything. I'm going to shut down your energy. I'm going to shut down your metabolism because we need to focus on healing. Well, if you are surrounded by clutter, that can trigger that. Also, increased stress it in general slows down your thyroid production. It can interfere with all the hormones. So we need to lower stress. And in, I've talked about stress a lot. In episode three, I talked about the labs. Um, But then in episodes seven and eight, I talked about stress and Hashimoto's in your thyroid. In episode eight, I gave you five tips to reduce and manage stress. In episode 24, I talked to you about your adrenal glands. That's your stress glands, basically, and uh, how they relate to chronic stress and Hashimoto's. But one thing that's interesting about your stress response, about your nervous system, is the cortisol and the the adrenaline can be released before you even comprehend that you have seen whatever triggered it. Think of those times when you just react. You know, somebody jumps out from around the fridge and you just jump and back up. Before you've even registered the fact that you've seen them, you've already jumped. Or think of you're like in danger, like a car is coming and you jump back onto the sidewalk. You do it before you even think about the fact that there was danger. Is that happening all the time in your head, in your body, as you walk through your house? Now, again, I'm not an expert in this, but Emily is. So her podcast is called Moms Overcoming Overwhelm. And I have also hired her as a declutter coach because I'm working on this area. I want to lower my stress in all areas. And lowering the clutter in my environment is helping me become an overall healthier person. So first, Emily has some science behind clutter and what it does to us as a whole person, because you're not just a physical body. All right, so here's Emily. Clutter is not neutral. It is not just extra stuff in our home. It takes up our space. It takes up our time. It steals our energy. It steals our attention and our focus. And it is linked to rises in cortisol levels, which is a major stress hormone. So one of the studies that I like to talk about is from 2010, where women who described their homes as being messy or cluttered or disorganized, had higher cortisol levels, stress hormone levels, than women that described their homes as relaxing, calming, or quiet. And the interesting thing was that they also tended to show greater increase in depressed mood, they had greater fatigue, and they had a more difficult transition from work to home. So this is just one example of how clutter affects us physically. There are also studies that show that if we were in a cluttered kitchen, we're more likely to choose eating cookies instead of crackers or carrots because who wants to eat the healthy food when you're in a messy kitchen, right? It also disrupts our sleep and our sleep quality. 
And when your brain is looking around at clutter, it sees everything as undone tasks, things you need to do, dishes in the sink, laundry piles everywhere, toys that aren't put away. We see it as undone tasks. And because of that, it impacts our focus and our attention. Is your mind blown right now? The first time I heard Emily talk about clutter as a stressor in in all of those different areas of life, even your diet, you know, reaching for the cookies. The first time I heard all of that, my mind just was blown. All of a sudden, things made sense. Is that what you're going through right now? Well, of course, I'm not going to leave you hanging. I asked Emily to also provide some tips. So what do you do? How can you conquer the clutter? Now, in health, you got this to this point over time, over years. And in your house, in your clutter, you probably got to this point over years. In your health, you're not going to undo it in just a week or two or even just a few months. It's going to take time. It's a journey. The same thing with your clutter. And Emily is so gentle and encouraging and helpful. Listen to her podcast. Subscribe to it. It's on all of the podcast players. I love that each episode is about 15 minutes, which is a great time to declutter. So before we get into those tips, though, one of my most downloaded podcast episodes is the one where I talk to you about your metabolism and how thyroid, hypothyroid, and Hashimoto's typically lower our metabolism, and it's very difficult to lose weight. Well, that study that Emily talked about with the cookies, if we have a cluttered kitchen, we are more apt to eat junk food. And if we're also dealing with Hashimoto's and lower metabolism, that's going to compound. It's going to have a worse problem. And then again, with the sleep, if we're having a hard time sleeping because of the clutter in our environment, well, that impacts our sleep, at which our sleep impacts our overall health and our Hashimoto's and our thyroid. And I've talked about sleep in several episodes. Everything is related to everything, but that's okay because that means that if you do a little bit in different areas, you're going to make progress in your overall health. All right, so Emily is coming back with five different tips to help us conquer this clutter or at least take another step on the path forward to health. My first decluttering tip is to start in the most unemotional, unsentimental place you can. I actually recommend starting in your car. Why your car? Well, it's a contained space. Usually if you have anything in there, it's trash or maybe some paperwork or something like that. And so it's really easy to figure out and make decisions about what stays and what goes. Then I recommend going to your bathroom because no one seems to get emotional about expired medication or moldy makeup or whatever might be in there. So definitely start in those unemotional places because you want to start building your decision-making muscles And that's much easier in those places. So I would say car, bathroom, laundry room, maybe your linen closet. Then you can start going to the bedroom. Then you can start maybe looking at your kids' stuff and so forth. And that brings me to my next tip, which is starting with your own stuff. Now, it's very tempting to look at what your spouse or partner has. It's very tempting to look at your kids' stuff but it's important that you start with your own things, experience that benefit, set the example, and you may be really surprised who ends up following you. 
These are fantastic tips so far. And here is where having a podcast versus a coach is key. So I listened to Emily's podcast and she has a Facebook group as well. But I went through this, you know, decluttering in your car and also keeping in mind that you start with yourself. And there were these weird things in the car. I had no idea what they were. And so I'm like, Emily, what do I do with these? <laughs> like, they're not mine. I have to start with my own stuff. And yet I'm in a car. Like, I just, again, I was shut down because I was stressed out. Like, what if I screw this up? What if I screw up, you know, this decluttering? What if I throw something away that was like a really important car part? Again, I've told you before on the podcast, I am not a car person, not at all. But she was so encouraging and gave me like, well, just, you know, take a picture of it or ask your husband or put it, you know, in a place where you can get it again if you need it. I don't think she told me that. That's probably my own brain, like trying to keep hold of that clutter. But it was so nice to have a real person say, will you please help me apply this? I've heard you talk about it. I've heard you give the steps, but now I need to implement it in my own life. Help! <laughs> and that is what a coach does. That's what I do. I've told you on this podcast that I do health um, sessions for people with Hashimoto's. That's what I do. So you listen to all this advice and all of the tips, all of the simple, practical, true, sustainable things that I talk about on the podcast. And then when it comes to your own life, you're like, oh, Esther, help. What do I do now? Well, that's where coaching sessions come in. Being able to sit with me one-on-one -on, -one on Zoom and like, okay, what do I do about this? Or this is where my biggest problems are. And I've heard you talk about this, stress, sleep, whatever, but I don't know. I'm stuck what do I actually do? Now, as a nurse, I'm not prescribing, I am not diagnosing, but I'm helping you figure out what next step to take, because that's what nurses do. You know, when a doctor comes into the room and gives you a diagnosis, then they leave and it's the nurse who comes in and helps you apply real life to that situation and that diagnosis. They help you navigate the next step. All right, so back to Emily and her next step. And hopefully you can't hear my rooster crowing right outside my office. If you can, I hope it makes you smile because there's nothing I can do to stop the rooster from crowing. All right, back to Emily. My third tip is to use the concept of the container rule. And that is that let's say we have a bookshelf that is overflowing with books. We have designated that bookshelf to be where we keep the books. That is our container. So we're going to take all those books out and then we're going to start with the favorites, the things that we use, the things that we love, the things that we actually read, put those back first. And then only if there's space, then we'll put back the maybes and the things that maybe we don't use or read that often. That way you are starting with what you use and love first and you're using it based upon this contained area. You can use that for shelves. You can use that for drawers. You can use that for boxes set an artificial boundary, and then stick within that boundary. My fourth tip is to do decluttering in short spurts. So what I mean by this is that when I do decluttering challenges in my group, we do 15 minutes or less every single day for five days straight, because what we're trying to do is just build the habit, right? We don't want to get overwhelmed by decluttering and every little bit helps. So you can listen to a podcast, you can pair it with some other pleasurable activity, maybe only watch a show while you're decluttering or something like that. And that will really help you build the habit. 
And my last tip is to try not to focus on what you paid for something, rather looking at what you no longer need or use as a way to bless someone else. So I love my local buy nothing group because as people that live in my neighborhood, I know that it is going to someone that really wants and is going to use it. And it really helps me focus not that I paid so much for something, but that I'm able to bless someone else. These tips are so helpful. Thank you, Emily, for providing these tips for us in the science. And I hope that these have been helpful to you because your health is the whole you, body, mind, spirit, diet, environment. And some people, when I talk about those five areas, they're like, environment, wait, what? Well, this is one example of how your environment impacts everything and what you can do in order to take a step in your environment to provide better overall health. Body, mind, and spirit. We hear those three connected a lot, but really it's more. It's body, mind, spirit, diet, environment. If you want to go deeper into this decluttering topic, like I said, Emily has a podcast. It is called Moms Overcoming Overwhelm. I'll have a link below in the show notes, but whatever podcast player you're listening to me on, you can find Emily on there as well. And she's got episodes on pretty much each one of these tips, as well as many other episodes that I have found so helpful. And like I said, you can hire her as a declutter coach, or you can hire me as a health coach because sometimes we all need help taking something from a podcast or the internet and turning it into how does this apply to me in my life right now? How can I improve? How can I take the next step? Emily has been so helpful like that for me, and I hope that I can be that helpful to you in your journey with Hashimoto's and pursuing health with Hashimoto's. This podcast is for informational and educational purposes only. Please be sure to discuss any concerns and plans with your trusted healthcare professional. 